Motown Rundown. Today is Wednesday, October 26th. Uh, I got to tell you guys, because I know both of you, and this is, but this is just bad radio because no one can see us on Zoom. Um, you might notice my camera's off. I am naked. Um, I just got out of the shower. I just got back from the gym. Not a big deal, but I am uh, I'm headed downtown to watch the Stones tonight, the One Win Stones. So I am, during this podcast, we'll be in the process of doing a bit of a quick change. Um, so I am naked. Um, probably didn't need to say that on the podcast. I mean, well, but I just, wanted, I mean, just wanted to get out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, Collins, if you want me to turn my camera on, you can see my six foot three, 175 six pack chiseled frame. <laughs> I'm more than happy to do that for you. But I mean, I guess it, I, was, I didn't need to share that at all. Um, no, you I didn't. Say but, uh, we could probably I'm go back and did. edit that out. But we're, I, everyone's grinding right now. Collins is on a work call as we're doing the podcast. I probably, can we say that? Does anyone sure from your... it, but we'll, we'll move. We move on. All right. Um, Trent, so get this, Collins. I'm driving home from the gym. Again, not a big deal. I don't know why people are making such a big deal out of it. Um, but I'm driving home from the gym, and Trent calls me, and he's like, hey, man, uh, I'm 10 minutes away from Nashville. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're 10 minutes away from Nashville. I didn't even know Trent was, was on the move today. But nonetheless, and he's like, my original plan was to pull over on the side of the road and do the podcast and then get back on the road to go to Nashville. But luckily, based on the timing of things, he was like 10 minutes away from his place. Hammered so out. it all worked out. So you're now stationed in Nashville. But if there's anyone that listens to this podcast that doubts the amount of time, energy, and care that, I mean, Collins and I aside, that Trent Bailey puts into this thing, you're sorely mistaken. I, the, the world will turn. You know, you guys ever see Wally? Everyone's seen Wally, right? Yes. The robot. Not, not, it's not a great movie. And he's banging the uh, Eve, the the white rope, the, the little thing that floats around. Um, when the world turns to dust and the only thing left on here is Wally and everyone else is living on Mars, they're going to uncover the rubble. And Trent is going to be recording live the Motown rundown by himself. Uh, well, hold on. Hold on. A couple things. A couple things. First of all, this is a podcast worth pulling over for. Second you just all, also made a heinous claim that Wally's not good. It's well, not. I, I, uh, I don't. You can move on. It's yeah, a bo- yeah, it's a bottom know. tier Pixar movie. I don't care what anyone says. Well, I don't know. I don't think it's anyone. I don't think anyone would put it above like Nemo or Toy Story. But to say it's not good is a little bit. It's not. It's fine. Much. It's fine. There's it's, very minimal words. I was a child who liked. Well, he's a robot. Wally. That's it's what he fine. says. It's fine. Okay. Whatever. It's all good. I, uh, the bottom line is, we're glad to be here. We're glad to be recording. How's that? Is that a Motley Crue hat, Trent? It is. Girls, girls, girls. I got it at the concert. Thank you. I heard they sucked when they were in Detroit. They're not good live, but I had a I had a blast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sounds great. Well, let's get let's just get moving here. Um, everyone's got things to do, places to be, people to see. Um uh, we gotta first start off with Michigan State football, though. It's a big week. How we feeling? We can't gloss over. I had a couple requests for some uh, from some of my U of M friends to actually come on the podcast to give a U of M presence this week. Um, both requests no. did not get no. through the background yeah, checks. No. We don't didn't need it. Here's this is all I have to say. And this and, is state media. You think we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't. There's no other opinions on the podcast besides <laughs> the ones that we implement. Um, this is all I have to say about it. I'm a pretty reasonable guy. I love Michigan State with all my heart. I don't. I, there's no. There's no trash talk. There's no whatever. And I think that's the great thing about 
the not the maybe not the majority, but reasonable people from the Michigan State fan base. I know what this team is. I've watched every snap of every game for the most part. I I know what this team is. I know what they've shown. I know what Michigan is. So I know what I'm walking into. So it would be disingenuous of me to puff my chest like I think that Michigan State as a 22-point underdog is supposed to do something special here. If you're Michigan, you should beat up on Michigan State. You 100% should. I, I love my team. I can't wait to root for them. I'll be in Ann Arbor on Saturday. I'm not going to be going to the game, but I'm going to see my friends. I'm going to have a good time. You guys can throw the, the go green, go white, can't read, can't. You can throw all of it at me. I get it. It's hilarious. You guys are hysterical. I don't care to get into the, the trash talk, into the mud. I'm not going to fight you on it. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to I'm going to watch my team play and if at the end of the game the the you know pride comes before the fall and how the mighty fall I'll be jumping for joy in the streets of Ann Arbor respect respectfully but until that day comes when that happens this weekend if it does happen I've got nothing to say. I think Michigan's going to win the game pretty easily. I've got a 35 to 14 final score in favor of the Wolverines and we move on. That's all I have to say. I can I'm I I'll take my lunch and go home. I don't have any there's no trash talk. Michigan looks good. Michigan State doesn't. What do you What do you want from me? What do you need from me? I, I got nothing. I got nothing. Collins, give it to him. Um, fuck Michigan. I it's the worst place yeah, in you know God's green earth. Yeah. Um, I hate the color maze. Makes me sick. Um, <laughs> I hate everything about that institution. Um, I actually Ann Arbor. I actually like Ann Arbor. I actually think it's a pretty cool town if you go there. Don't care I don't. for it. I don't. don't care for it. I I I think after you're a college graduate, it's pretty cool to go there. That's a that's a good take from you. I guess I've only been there. In it's town. very. It's like more of an adult scene. I don't know. I don't know how to it's describe it. Um, they're very mature and astute over there, aren't they? I yes. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. They think so. Um. <laughs> I I just hate Michigan. I hate them. Rabs, you said it pretty well. That, I mean, this is probably the best Michigan team I can remember. They were awesome last year, but this is probably best team in my like knowledgeable lifetime, other than the 06 team, which was like I was barely in consciousness, like sports consciousness for that team. Like I remember those games. I remember that Ohio State game, but like me being a full blown sports fanatic and, and in this rivalry, this is probably the best Michigan team I've seen. Um, and Michigan State's been sloppy all year, and it would be crazy to expect them to be a different team than they were just off a bye. Um, but I am crazy. So I, I, I expect this team to compete a little bit. I think they'll cover. Um, it's just going to depend if they're going to be able to do anything on the defensive side of the ball. Because um, you're not, you're not going to have any shot against this Michigan team if y- you're – because they run the ball so effectively, and if they do what they want to do – um, it puts way too much pressure on that offense that is shown with pressure on it. It really doesn't do anything. So I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm saying I'm confident for this game, but at the end of the day, it's my favorite thing of the year. Probably Michigan, Michigan state football, Michigan state, Michigan basketball. These three games are like what I hang on. And the thing about it is it's not even these three games. When women's soccer beats Michigan and women's soccer, I'm fired up. When women's volleyball beats women's volleyball, I'm fired up. When Susie Merchant, like it doesn't matter. It could be snails playing in Michigan State and Michigan. They got their colors on. I care. That's what I – and the thing that's so funny is 
They say, oh, yeah, Mel Tucker doesn't have his contract if he beats Michigan twice. No shit. It's one of the objectives of his yeah, job, I, I, idiot. I always, I always laugh when people say that. It's like, that's half his yeah, job. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. Half his job. It's such a big deal if you beat Michigan, even if you saw. Yeah, it's a big deal you beat Michigan. That's right. like priority number two on your objective list. One, be a good program, compete for Big Ten championships. Two, beat Michigan. And so it, it could be that. one. It could be one. Michigan could be one. And it, and if you don't get that, I'm sorry. That's just how it is at Michigan State. So, I don't know. Beat Michigan. That, fucking that was guys. That was extremely well put, Collins. I have nothing to add other than – I just I, don't I, get I, that. They're like, oh, if he didn't win that, he doesn't get the $10 million contract. Yeah, no shit he doesn't get the $10 million contract. Like, that's kind idiot. of the whole point. Yeah. It's a big thing to beat Michigan, you idiot. God. Yeah, that's the entire point. I don't I, have so it. Stupid. Let them have it. Let Collins rest our case. That is all. Let him cook. All right. Yeah. Big one on Saturday. Sorry, I don't have anything more for you. That's just a, that's just called being a respectful, humble. I will say this though, human I, being. I I think they'll be more healthy at the defensive side of the ball than they've been all year. So that should be Great. interesting. I I don't think it's gonna matter because I think the scheme sucks ass for Michigan State. So just saying, I I think. There's a team. I could see I could see the first quarter of this game, Michigan State, like, oh wow, their defense came to play, and then Michigan makes a little bit of adjustments. I'm just saying the personnel for Michigan State's probably the best it's been since week one. Sure. Pick on someone your own size. That's a that's a lesson to the kids out there that listen. Pick on someone your own oh, size. Oh, fuck that. Michigan fans would shirt me all they want. I don't I, what are you talking about, Rabs? No, I don't mind. I'll I'll look, I'll take the gruff. I'm just saying this is this is you know, you're, you're not going to push the little kid down the slide. I'm like, that's cool, Johnny. You're six, three and little Billy's four eleven this year. Mate, next year, little Billy starts drinking milk, hits a gross burden. And all of a sudden he's six foot four and he's shredded and he's, well, I mean, they banging yeah, Michigan chicks, fans are banging the majority chicks of in the back life. of his Volkswagen. How about that? Yeah. But for Michigan fans, our majority of our life, it's kind of funny. It's kind of flipped for what it was for my dad who went to Michigan state in 1979 and had to deal with, terrible Michigan State football for about 15 years there for periods of time and now it's I mean Michigan's been solid over the I mean they haven't been great they haven't been what they used to be in the 90s and stuff but all these Michigan fans are so star tissued I don't like any sensible Michigan fan I know does not chirp and to be honest I don't know any Michigan fans that are really chirping right now because they're so star tissued from the last 15 years yeah they know better yeah, I, I really – like, people are like, oh, they can't shut that. I'm like, I haven't heard one Michigan fan chirp and stuff. It's the thing is when they win or they win one of the year, like, when they won that one year with Winovich in Spartan Stadium that rainy day, fine, beat us. They were the better team that day. Move on, whatever. And then they go immediately say, oh, the little brother stuff. Oh, the, uh, it's just the disrespect. It's uh, whatever. I don't – I don't – it's it's always great to have a guy who went to CMU tell me I can't read, can't write. Oh yeah, there I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, so, I mean, and that, that's, not chirp, that's, to, that's not a chirp. That's a Chippewas. That's not a chirp. That's a Chippewas. I'm just no, saying. It's not. I just I, it just buds the shit out of me when it's the people who didn't even go to Michigan who are the ones chirping. But okay, yeah, chip, enjoy the game. The you can enjoy the game. You can root for Michigan. Don't shirt my institution when you went somewhere not named Michigan. Sorry. Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Boom. Roasted. Stanley, you cheat on your wife and your heart sucks. Boom, roasted. All right, Motown rundown. Today we have Red Wings, Pistons, and Lions. Oh, my. 
Um, I guess we will start with the wings, guys. Um, I'm trying to think of where we left off with this team as far as what game we left off on. I think it was. Does anyone remember? I, we I was going at, in. We were going into Chicago, I think, or going into. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, looking. Let, let's let's start big picture here with this team. Um, obviously, last night against New Jersey, which was the Tuesday game, they laid a bit of an egg, and that was that was really the first time. I mean, if you want to. And we'll talk about Chicago too, um, but but really the first time all season that Detroit's looked completely out of place in a game. Um, through six games, they're three, one, and two, good for eight points. There, it, it's obviously too hard to tell right now with the uh, with the standings because there's so much season left to go. But right in the middle of the pack of the Atlantic Division, um, Boston, unbelievable start for them. They're six and one to start the year. The Red Wings were the um, last team in the NHL to lose a game in regulation. Obviously, they had the two. Um, overtime losses to Chicago and Los Angeles, but um, which I guess is, I don't know, somewhat of a cool stat for you, um, whatever. So uh, looking back at these last couple games, the Chicago game was tough, man. Um, you know, seemingly in control of that game. And Chicago is a, is a really, really putrid team. Um, and also in, in one of those teams truly that I don't know what the blueprint is to get back for the future. Um you know, they have they're going to have to make some decisions with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze here at the trade deadline. I don't think they'll be around much longer. Um, but nonetheless, I would say 100 percent one of the weaker teams in the league. And and you really took control of that game for the first two periods, no doubt. And in the third, I, th- I mean, I think they were three one going into the third and they got they were outscored for nothing. Um, or I'm sorry, three nothing between the third period and, and overtime, losing that one four to three. So. Um, really, really tough collapse, and that was kind of shades of uh, of the Red Wings of old, with not being ha- not being able to hang on to leads, and you know it, it feels like as soon as they score a goal, they're getting their back broken on the next shift type of deal. Um, I mean, I guess good for the Blackhawks. And I don't I don't necessarily think that the Wings played poorly. I just think that they got a little bit complacent with the lead, and Derek Lalonde had some interesting things to say after the game that I really appreciated the way that he phrase things as far as just saying he felt like they were they almost wanted to win too bad and and what he was saying by that is i it sometimes teams have a tendency to you know when you're up like that you protect the lead you play tight defense you kind of take your foot off the gas offensively and um that's really what it looked like from just watching the game of you know just not really having that killer instinct to to put your foot on the gas and finish the game i think they kind of they kind of tensed up a little bit and were you know, almost playing not to lose more so than playing to win. And it, and it cost them. So um, definitely a bit of an early wake up call for the wings, just to, just to show that group that obviously there's, there's no, there's no easy games in this league. And as in the minute, I don't care how bad Chicago is the minute you take your foot off the gas, you can, you, you know, you'll have a team sneak up on you. Then we moved to uh then we moved to Sunday against Anaheim. Um, I was at that game as a fan for the first time this year, which was awesome. Um, just a tremendous game. I think that game ended five one. Do you guys know the final score of that one? I think it was five. That is one, correct, right? five to one. Yes. Yeah, I mean they. That was an absolute decimation of of Anaheim, and and you kind of had that feeling. And and I, to me, um, it was a really big test for this team. Just of of how are you now going to respond after a, a big letdown on Friday night? And and there was not a second in that game where Anaheim had control. Uh, early early on, Anaheim was in some. There were a lot of penalties early on. Um, and I think they were getting under Anaheim's skin a little bit, which cost them with a couple double minors and um, the Red Wings power play, which, you know, it was a big point of emphasis coming into this year. 
Um, they're scoring at about a 20% clip right now, which is really, I mean, for right around the league average. Um, they're right in the middle of the pack with power play percentage. And again, early on in the season, so there's some teams that are completely outperforming their, you know, where their their mean is, and some teams are very much underperforming. But for the Wings to be right in the middle of the pack after being so bad for years and years and years um, on, on the special teams unit, it is really encouraging to see. Um, David Perron has been such a tremendous addition to this team, especially on the power play. And I talked about it last week. The, the guy to me, too, that I think has just been absolutely outstanding, who, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's got like, does he have 10 points in, in five games or six games? Dominic Kubalik had one goal and two assists in that Anaheim game has just been a tremendous addition. And a guy who in Chicago had an awesome rookie year and showed a lot of upside. Um, and after that rookie year, didn't quite look the same as he once was. And granted, that Chicago team has been kind of a mess for a couple of years now. But just a tremendous addition. And a guy that's now playing a lot of minutes on that first line with Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond with Tyler Bertuzzi out. And I, it doesn't seem like he's going to move off that line anytime soon. But he, he just the, his goal-scoring ability is a guy that's looked at on that line as more of that power-forward, two-way forward type. And, and what he's able to bring offensively to, to really free up Raymond and Larkin and, and just he's, he's able to contribute so well in the offensive zone. And he's just kind of back to where he was as a rookie, where you're seeing that offensive production, the ability to create, and, and just some of these – some of these goals he's scoring of just, you know, point blank in the slot and getting off quick one-timers and, and finding the back of the net has just been awesome. And he throws his weight around pretty well too, and seems to be a really aggressive skater all over the ice in all three zones. So um, great pickup there. He's been a tremendous addition to the power play as well, um, but a great game. Um, Billy Huso gets the nod in that 32 saves in that one, um, just allowing the one goal. And we, we are still a bit too early to play the game, I think of, I'll say this, Billy Huso is the starter on this team. He's he coming into this season. He, he's got a better resume than, than Ned has had. Um, I think he's played much better than Ned thus far. And in reality, Billy Huso is the better goalie because it's early on in the season. And most of these teams in the league now do this two goalie tandem type situation. I don't mind the fact that they seem to rotate. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they've gone every other game so far. And in some circumstances, the schedule sets up for that, right? Like you're playing a back-to-back -back or you're playing on short rest just to keep your guys fresh early on in the year. But this is Billy Huso's net. And um, last night against the Devils, Ned gets the start. Um, you know, not a great showing from him. Um, not that everything was, was his fault by any means. I mean, you give up a shorthanded goal on that game. Um, and it just, it, it just seemed like the wings never really found any sort of momentum or rhythm to their game. They were getting out shot miserably. Um, but Billy Huso should be the guy going forward. So at some point, I think you can start to see that Ned will take a backseat to him. Um, Dylan Larkin adds a goal on that game. He's been, he's been awesome. That was the first game that most cider registered a point as well. Um, which is one thing that I wanted to talk about too, uh, of just how impressed I've been with this team. Um, you, you really have not seen a ton of production at all from Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond. And this team is still finding a way to win games and, 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 and beat teams in, 
in different ways. Um, you know, I, I kind of talked about it a couple weeks ago of night one against Montreal. They open up the scoring big time. Uh, I'm sorry, not the scoring because they only won that one three to three nothing with two empty netters. But um, just the, the offense exploded early on. Right? They put up 40 some shots um, and just completely outpaced Montreal. And then you come back the next night against New Jersey in a game where you really didn't have anything clicking offensively for the most part, as far as uh, shot production and in creating chances. But nonetheless, I mean, you put up like, I think 22 shots and score five goals. So just to be able to grind a team out like that with not getting a ton of offensive chances is great. So they're just so much deeper. They are so much deeper offensively. And you have the Redwoods line with Soderblom and Rasmussen and, uh, and Oscar Sundquist. That fourth line has been tremendous too. Whether they whether the Redwoods play on line three or line four is is somewhat irrelevant. But um, Joe Valeno's taken a, a really nice step to me as far as just being more of a more active in all three zones and and more of a pest on the forecheck as is a guy that's really trying to find his role as a center on this team. And I think moving Pew Suter to the wing has has taken a lot of pressure off him. Um, not that he's been overwhelmingly productive so far this year, but I, I at least appreciate the fact that they're giving Joe Valeno a chance to play center over Pew Suter, because obviously you have Andrew Cop playing that second line role now that Suter was doing last year. Um, so just, just with the depth that this team brings, it's, it's been awesome to watch. Um, and you're, you're down Robbie Fabry still. Uh, you're, I don't know when when his timeline is as far as him coming back. You're going to get Jake Wallman back soon on the back end, which I think will help. And I don't know, I don't know how much of Robert Hag you're going to see once Jake Wallman comes back. I'd like to think that in their plans, they want to see what they have in Jake Wallman uh, to be that left shot defenseman with with Gustav Lindstrom. I'm 99% sure he's left handed. I would be embarrassing if he's not. Um, nonetheless. Um, but when you, you don't have Bertuzzi, who's who's out for, you know, a month, month and a half. So when he comes back, it just makes your team even deeper. Um, and then the situation with Jacob Vrana, which um, you wish him all the best, who's, you know, obviously struggling with some personal stuff right now. So um, he's out indefinitely. I have no idea when he comes back. Um, I'm assuming he'll be back at some point this year, but um, you never know what that kind of stuff. So. Um, at some point, you hope to get him back, and that's been frustrating for Red Wings fans, I know, because you make the big trade, and it's not so much about like, oh, we gave up Mantha for this guy, just so much as like we know what Jacob Vrana brings to the table on that second line. And, and him and Cop and Perron is a hell of a second line, and, and to have Dominic Kubalik move down and maybe play on the third line or whatever the plan is when Bertuzzi comes back just goes to show how deep your team is. So um, they've looked good so far. They play with a lot more pace, a lot more energy, uh, a lot more urgency, intensity, all these intangible things that you weren't seeing from Red Wings teams of the past. They're, they're a bitch to play against in teams, defensive zones. Um, I think they're a lot harder on pucks than they have been and just play with a bit more confidence. Now they know what they're capable of. Um, they, they beat up on a couple teams and they know they can, they can find that gear. Um, the only other thing I'll end with, um, you know, I don't, I don't have a ton on the New Jersey game. You know, it happens. They laid an egg. Um, the only thing I'll, I'll, I'll say is, you know, and, and I bring it up because we've talked about these guys in the past several times between Michael Rasmussen and Phillips Adina, who are like the two remaining guys that have, that are part of that Kenny Holland era, the draft picks that people are losing patience with. Michael Rasmussen has taken a tremendous step forward. His skating is 
so much more improved. He plays with a lot more urgency in his game now. And I think playing on that line with Soderblom and Sunquist, he's he's been able to raise his game a bit more and they lean on him as like the, I guess, you know, not, not a line that's expected to produce much offensively, but he gets leaned on more as, as, as a guy that is supposed to produce offensively and having Soderblom with him helps a ton. Um, but I think he's raised his game a lot and has found his niche. They, they use him on the power play every now and then. Um, but, but just primarily as a guy that can kill penalties and you saw him wearing an alternate captain patch in one of these games, which I think is awesome that they've empowered him to be a leader on this team. So he's been tremendous. Phillips Adina, not so much. I mean, I watch a lot of hockey guys. I've, I've watched a ton of Phillips Adina and he he's lucky that they have the injuries they do on this team because you really don't have anywhere to put him. He's not a fourth line player. He you're not going to break up the Redwoods line that plays line three and four. You certainly aren't going to put him on the first line because Kuba League's playing so well. So we, by process of elimination, he kind of falls on that second line. And I think he can work with Cop and Perron and, and, and or with Zadina being that third guy. They innately will, I think, push him to elevate his game because those are two veteran guys that know how to play and play the right way. But just like just looks looks a bit lost defensively and in some of the plays he tries to force it's just I, I I don't want to say he's in over his head but he he looks like someone who is playing almost desperate hockey like he knows that he's kind of fighting for his life a bit to stay in this lineup I mean he was a healthy scratch for the first two games of the year I believe um and again he's he's lucky to be in the lineup right now and and I think that's that's fair um so I'm rooting for him, man. I hate to pick on the guy, but it just, you just really haven't seen it yet. And they have not been able to get a lot out of his game. And hopefully that changes going forward. But, um, and I think Lucas Raymond too, is just holding on the, on, onto the puck, gripping the stick a bit too tight, just needs to play loose and, and get back to just, just pull the trigger and be a shooter, man. I mean, I just, he needs to get going a little bit too, but um, I, without just continuing on to ramble, um, it's been a fun team to watch so far. The energy has been great in the arena. Um, the wings will be back in action tomorrow, Thursday, the 27th in Boston at 7 PM, huge game, huge game for these guys, because really they have not played anyone thus far. That's, that's jumped off the page of being a really solid team. So this is your first real test going on the road into TD garden. Let's see what you're made of. So, um, good stuff so far. Um, but with that, we'll stay at Little Caesars Arena. Um, the Pistons not off to as hot of a start, um, but Trent, I'll turn it over to you. I watched the first game. I texted you guys after the first quarter that I was done with this team, and they made me eat my words because they actually got it together. Um, but uh, a one and three start for them. They have the Hawks tonight at 7 p.m. I'll be at the game. Um, but what do you guys see so far? What are your thoughts? And while you guys are doing this Pistons stuff, I will be – be getting myself unnaked, changing into my Pistons gear. So excuse me if I'm not as responsive. Go ahead. The here's the thing: the first game was incredible because anytime you're down close to 20 at any point in a game, and you're this young, and you come back to make it a game again, let alone win it, that's impressive to me. The problem is since then they haven't been competitive in a game. I mean, it's been close at halftime here and there. It's so hard not to overreact to some of the some of the things you're seeing. Here. I mean, Killian Hayes looks lost. Collins, I have a lot of egg on my face there. He just looks. He, I mean, he's flat out. I hate to do it. I mean, he's going to be out of the league after this year. He looks terrible. I mean, he's in Westbrook I mean, he, territory he where he's so, like nothing. It's so bad. 
And, and it's not even ability thing. He is so unconfident right now in what he is doing. Um, I don't even think that's the biggest. I mean, say you want. I've been low on Hayes since the middle of last year. He's still a really young guy. Um, who has physical tools, but just hasn't really. I mean, his ball handling is a huge concern. It's so Every, bad. I mean, everyone he wants to talk about twice a game. Everyone wants to talk about his jump shot. And he has a really bad handle for a point guard. He just does. And, and he doesn't have that jumper, too, that kind of saves him. So I, I, I don't know where they go from there with him. Um, positives, though. Um, Duran. Duran looks really good. And I watched, I've watched two full games of this team, watched the first quarter of that Magic game. Um, Duran can play, man, and he's young, young. So I think you hit on that, and everyone's like, oh, what about Ivy? What about Ivy? Ivy looks great, too. I think he he physically, he shows you what he who he is and stuff. But me and Trent said this. It is a drone. He is. It's going to be some growing pains with Ivy. He is a very undisciplined defender. Has been for a while. It's going to take some time. He's not um, a hustler either. He's no hustle. No, well, the whole the whole narrative that he was a great defender at Purdue was, uh, I mean, or he was going to be a great defender in this league was crazy to me. I mean, you just watch any Purdue game. He's just such an undisciplined defender. Um, that's going to take time, but you see the explosiveness. You see the ability at the rim, which is more important than that, to be honest. Like, you can figure out the defensive stuff if you show some effort. And yeah. I think he will. Like, I think he cares. I'm not saying he doesn't care. Um, Just going to take some time. That jumper will come and go, but I, I've liked what I've seen. I think the most concerning thing I've seen is, and everyone's talking about Cage's jumper. I think his jumper will be fine. I think Well, he put, on some, he put on some muscle in the offseason. I think that's kind of what's still getting him. But he's late, like at this, in the second half of that Pacers game and then against the, uh, what was the most recent one? Why can't I think? Oh, the uh, the Wizards game. He took it to the hole a lot more. So I, I'm not too worried about Cade. He's still averaging like 19 points a game. Like he'll be fine. He well, just has he, to settle he's down. He's going to be fine, but they need to change. He needs to change his philosophy a little bit. Um, I think he's got to take charge too. Yes. he's. They get him in the high pick and roll and he just has 15 footers all day. He can shoot and he just refuses to take them, which I don't get because he's a good shooter. And I'll and everyone, tell you what, the Pistons could use them because, I mean, they're they're like bottom three in every statistical category on offense. It's terrible. The well, only, they, the only uh, category the Pistons are like above average in is rebounding. That's it. Yeah, and I think Bisu, I, I think what you found out, he's made some nice improvements this year. And I think you just realized he's going to be a sixth or seventh man on a good team. He's yeah. not He's not cut out to be a starter. And he's going to be a guy who plays in this league a long time because I think he – Takes care of his body, loves the game. He he he's gonna be in this lead a while. I'm fine keeping Beast Stew around. Yeah. Right now starting, he has been great. So um I mean Bojan's been the best player. He he's very competent. You watch him play, you're like, this is a guy who plays winning basketball. Fifty two percent from three, that guy is holy shit. Worth I mean, he cannot he can stroke it, but it's not even that. He's a good defender, smart defender. I'm not saying he's great. Um Smart on offense, gets everyone involved. I like the brand of basketball the Pistons play. I do. But offensively, there's way too much passiveness, I think, on a couple. Like, Sadiq Bay, 
I see way too many times where he has an open three. He's like, you know what? I'm going to pump fake and try and take it to the rim. He took five shots against Washington like that. That can't, can't happen. happen. Like, you yeah. need to get the ball up. And he can get his own. I'm not saying there's not a time for him to get your own, but I I don't know. I, I, I've been very disappointed what I've seen with this Pistons team the first four games. I think also that a huge thing is they legit don't have a bench right now. Their bench is fucking awful. Yep, and that's where Bagley's going to come into play because well, he's either going to be your sixth too. man and Burks because one of those guys is going to be your sixth man. And then, you know, Boyan, I think, has earned the right to, to keep that four starting spot. So Is yeah. Nerlens going to play? I hope not, dude. I don't think he can even bring anything to the team, to be honest. No, he can. Give, he definitely can, what I but saw given Durant, I guess just seeing how Duran has come onto the scene, I'd rather him. No, but is Nerlens hurt? Yeah. Okay, he's going to play, so that gives him more depth. They can't rebound either, Trent. They really can't. So they need Nerlens. He's a guy who will help their team. So the depth is going to get better, but holy shit. I mean, I don't – what's the – we got like a minute left in this, so I'm going to wrap this up, and then we'll do it on the other side. But they got to okay. figure some – they got to really figure some things out with the rotation. And K- and we'll talk about it. Kate has just flat out not been that good. He just flat out hasn't been that good. Trent, that you said, he can get to the rim whenever he wants. And, he, I mean, he was ter- they were all terrible in Washington. That's one of the worst games I've seen the Pistons play in, like, three years. And that's saying a lot. Well, like, here's, it, the, here's the only problem, Collins. Like, my biggest problem, and this is my last thought, is it doesn't get any easier. This the, I mentioned it. No, they had an easy start to the year. I, I thought they could start 3-0 and because you get three, like, mid to lower tier Eastern Conference teams in a row. That didn't happen. Now you've got to go, you know, you've got to play guys like the 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 Bucks back to back. You have to play the Warriors. You have to play the Hawks back to back who are talented. You have to play uh the Cavaliers who are off to a great start. The Celtics who went to the finals last year. It's like it doesn't get any easier than the Wizards on the road. And I don't want to I, I know the, I know the Pistons haven't won there since 2014. What I'm saying is if everything that we think that we think this team can be is going to happen, then you have to just you just simply have to be able to beat a Wizards team that has Will Barton in its starting lineup. And that's no disrespect to Will Barton. I love Will the Thrill. Shout out. I'm just saying, if this team's actually going to take the step we thought it would, or I thought it would, I know Ravs is a little more bullish, and it's looking like that's going to happen now. I I just don't know. I don't want to overreact after four games, but something's got something's to give, man. Cade hasn't been great, even though he's up and almost he, – he's like up in everything, but he just – I want more of I test it hasn't been good. I test has not been good, and that's where it starts. So it starts and ends with Cade. Let's hope next week this time we're talking about a couple wins for the Pistons because, man, uh, it can't get much worse than the, than the way they've looked the first four games. That's all I'm, I'm going to say. This. I'm not concerned about his jumper. Anyone who's concerned about his jumper, I it's a little flat right now. I think he's going to figure it out. He has a He'll good figure stroke. It out. He's got a good stroke. I'm not concerned about it. And people are like, oh, the Pistons tinkered with it. The guy gained 45 pounds since his – Freshman year of college. Yeah, Gonna he'll change. be all right. So, I don't that's like that. Is that it? Are we satisfied? Yeah, I guess they got to win tonight. <laughs> they really do. They got to win tonight. <laughs> they got to take one from the Hawks because the Hawks aren't there. They got to. They get. By the way, NBA scheduling is off the wall this year. Like they have two games against Atlanta at home with an off day in between, back to back. Like that doesn't make any sense. Anyways, go ahead, Rams. All right, good stuff. Appreciate the Pistons talk, guys. Sorry I couldn't jump in. I was uh, getting dressed, but I'm I'm turning my camera on. No longer naked. Here we are. How are we looking? 
Great. Uh, thanks for the compliments. Not. Um, you look great. Thank you very much, Trent. Um, Lions. Wow. Uh, breaking news. This is not the year. Mm. Uh, Twenty-four <laughs> to six. The Lions. <laughs> the Lions fall in da- in Dallas. Um, you know, for a for a while there, I was uh, I was impressed. I thought that they played relatively good football um, to hang in. And Dallas has a tough, tough, tough defense. And um, we all knew that going in. And it was a big test for the offense who, you know, they laid the egg against New England. And for a team that has scored some of the most points as, a, as, a, as an offensive group in the NFL this year, how how do you respond? How do you respond after after laying an egg? Um, and they didn't have any answers. And, you know, granted, a lot of that is just tipping your cap to Dallas and they have a tremendous defense. Um, but but this this to me just sort of became a disaster with I mean, your quarterback had what, four turnovers, five turnovers, like I don't two. know, but I, I had to start him in fan I know no one cares about anyone's fantasy team. I had Josh <laughs> Allen, it's Josh Allen's bye week. I gotta start golf, and of course, yeah, yeah it is fucking terrible, man. It's tough. Um, but you know, look, I I had high hopes for this team this this year. I did. I'll admit that. I feel well, like every let's, year let's, I drink the Kool-Aid. Let's let's clarify that though, Rabs, because I think people tend to forget and they tend to troll because the, my what were high expectations? Seven wins? Eight wins? What were your yeah, high some, goals? So I well, I think I had the I'd have to look back at what we did, but I think like I think you had them at eight and nine. Sure, eight something like that. Eight, nine wins, something of that sort. I'll tell you what I love. The best player of the game for the Lions was Michael Badgley. Thanks for showing up. It's amazing what happens when you lean on your kicker who's a real pro and can kick field goals. It's awesome. Um, so the only points in that game coming from him, but just just as far as expectations, Trent. I mean, I don't know. I was sold that this team was something different. I was riding the the, high, the hard knocks high. I was drinking the Kool-Aid. Um, and I thought from what I've seen in, in person and watching this team that they look different, they feel different. The last two weeks I've been proven completely wrong, which is tough to swallow. But I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I really don't know what to say. I mean, I, I it, it's, it's disappointing that this team has not taken a step. Um, the defense hung in there for a while and it, it just comes down to, and I always come back to this thing on hard knocks of Dan Campbell, bringing the dirty pants into the room and saying, this is the last bit of losing. We got to shake out. Well, all of, they had dirt, blood, piss, shit, fucking excrement all over the pants that they were wearing on Sunday. It was like, how, like how many different times can you try to give a game away? And, the you know the icing on the cake of where it all just snowballed was you know you have the great pass that you get down inside the one i i didn't see it live i was i was in line to get into the red wings game but i heard it on the radio i i don't know how you don't challenge something like that you were short you were short well well even if i mean okay fine but just to let your guys regroup or whatever i mean if he was short he was short fair but you know, and then you fumble on the goal line, like, and I hate to be First the SOL all, guy, but that. that was a whole, it was a weird well, thing. That they, 
Because, and this, this, this is my thing, because people are like, why didn't they challenge it to at least move the ball up a little bit? Because it would have. The ball was in, on the one-yard line exactly when they spotted it. If they would have challenged it, it would have gotten moved to the half-yard line. doesn't change the fucking play call. I can't tell you one time the Lions have, have let Jared Goff QB sneak in any situation. They weren't going to do that. So they're going to hand it off to Jamal. And, of course, in, you know, this – Alternate universe where everything seems to go wrong for the Lions. Jamal Williams, who's never lost a fumble in his career, loses one in that moment right there. And, and Rabs, to your point about shaking the last bit of losing out of the pants, I would argue the offense was fine. I think that – or no, no, no. I would argue the defense was fine, and it was all on the offense. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I don't, the Cowboys, I don't disagree. If you hold the Dallas Cowboys, I don't, you can say whatever you want about Dak's thumb and, and CeeDee Lamb not showing up. I don't care. The fact is you held them to three points at halftime and all you had to show for it was six. Then you get the ball to start the second half. Your quarterback underthrows it. It's, it's quote-unquote picked off by Trayvon Diggs. By the way, I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention this. The way the NFL handles this whole situation where you can't challenge a turnover because it's automatically reviewed, but oh wait, the Lions must be 32nd on the waiver wire, what, waiver wire there and the Lions screen is like way in the back room with dust all over it. No one's looking at the fucking interception because it wasn't a pick. It hit the ground. It bounced right into his chest. And I got to listen to Tony Romo be like, oh, Cowboys got away with one. Yeah, no shit, Tony. Thanks a lot. That's all I – TJ it, Lang got, got hot about an unsportsmanlike oh. that didn't get called. I don't – Oh, I didn't, oh I mean, yeah. That he, was awful. He that, picked Justin Jackson up and body slammed him. I mean, it was, it was a clear penalty, but – the, By no means is that why the Lions lost. I'm just saying I'm sick of that shit. I'm just no, no, so no, sick no, of it. For sure. By the way, I the weird thing about it, Trent, is I actually did think Diggs caught that ball. It bounced on the turf. No, I, I watched him, it again. I truly think he I, caught that. I, no, he, the, I, it, it, the, the fact that it wasn't at least reviewed. No, they, they should have didn't, didn't even. It. They didn't I'm even, not saying that, Trent. I'm, they didn't I even go to the monitor. They didn't even look. There was worse calls in that game. Than that, if that even made sense, because the Lions weren't getting a first down there, they weren't. Hey, I am, I am all for, I am all, I'm with you there because I think. And, and well, what, the third not... down p- pass interference on the Anceloni was a tough call. The body slam on that drive was awful. Um, no, that's fair, Collins. I'm, I'm with yeah, you. I, I, just... I think there was there was bad officiating in that game. I'm just, I don't think that. Like Romo made it, it was like the turning point. I think there was other big moments that they let them off the hook. Um, I get that you're sick of it. Um, first of all, the one thing in the going back to the one yard line, I don't understand what the rush was. So oh, let's hit the line and snap this ball. Like they, I'm not saying that you review it and whatever. It was like they literally rushed it to the line. It felt like that play. It was, it was all fucked up from the beginning. I, I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, Jared Blake, they are, uh, I mean, like, they are a poorly coached team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They are. They, I, I, you know what? On Sunday they were. I will give you that. Yes. They do not make any second half adjustments, I feel like, ever. I mean, so, yeah. They I, got I, after, I, I mean, the, the fact that they did not score in the second half, yes, I would agree. I just, I, I, and you're seeing golf is a good quarterback when he has all the time in the world. You play an actual good defense, he's going to struggle. That's just who he is. It's not Jared Goff's fault. That's who you have at quarterback. Yeah, so. and the one time they went deep, the one time they tried to go deep on the Diggs pick, it's still an underthrow. It's still a terrible throw. And I just and and the the good news, if you can even call it good news, even though it's shitty news, is the fact that the Lions are now one and five. 
We have all the rest of the season to talk about Jared Goff, so I'm not going to waste my breath. I want to throw in three more things really, 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 really fast. Jeff Okuda played fantastic. I know they kind of had him. He played great. They put him in the box. It was his best game as a Lion, so plus there. Penny Sewell, I don't want to say completely neutralized Micah Parsons, but Micah Parsons didn't have an impact on that game. So Penny Sewell, you have successfully hit there. Not that we needed any more, uh, you know, authorization there. And lastly, Alex Anzalone, respectfully, sir, I am so sick and tired of watching your Goldilocks ass Slow. chase whoever. I mean, yeah, it, Brock, Slow. my brother, Collins, you'll appreciate this. Brock, my brother today, texts Rabs and I some film on Anzalone. Bad. I didn't watch it, but Slow. Rabs responds in all caps. Slow. That's so all it is. Slow. And I and I and I appreciate that he is a captain for this team. It is a young team that needs some veteran leadership. Get, can we play Derek Barnes a little bit more? Can we? He can sucks, John. I I would rather have Derek <laughs> Barnes suck than Anzalone's Goldilocks. That's all I'm saying. I I I I'm so over it, dude. He's he's chasing someone every play. His instincts are terrible. He's not proactive. He's reactive. It's it's awful. I. And that, that's that. And I know that's not the reason the Lions lost either. I'm just saying, now that we're six games in, we can start to sort of see the writing on the wall here. The Lions are going to be picking in the top four or five, and I don't want to spend the rest of my Sundays watching Alex Anzalone run people down. Not the problem, just an observation. That's all I got. Um, Yeah, their season's over. It's a bummer. <laughs> oh, it God. is. It's a bummer. Break yeah, news, it, it not is. the year, says right Well, it, it is a bummer because again, it, it just it seemed like they took a step with some of the pieces they have offensively. The defense is just it, the defense is just not good. Hutchinson got in the backfield a couple times. That's what I was gonna great. say. Hutchinson looked good. They finally stood him up and he looked good. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we're gonna have so much time to talk about this team and in the issues and the disappointment that it's been so far. Um I, I don't really have a lot of juice left for this team. I still think that they can compete. Like I, I, I don't, they've had like two really weird weeks of just being almost non-competitive. And, and I, I, you just see on full display, like you said, Collins, you give that, you give Ryan Rabinowitz enough time in the pocket in the NFL and I'm making throws. Jared Goff is fucking awful. He's okay, terrible. I, I'm, we're not He's doing terrible. This, we're not doing this. <laughs> No, we're not because he's not. He is not. Their offense, the way it's set up, like that's who you have. He's been pretty good this year for the Lions. I'm not going to go out there and 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 we have not. He is not the reason they are one in five. No, he's not. But we also haven't mentioned the fact that we are missing our number one receiver. We are missing our number two. No one to throw it to. We are missing our number one back. So do you guys think? Do you guys think DeAndre Swift can play this season? What's the What's the deal? What do we think? Does he get another game? I'm not not questioning people's manhood like you usually do on this show. (laughs) I don't know, dude. What more? We're just gonna have to roll the balls out and see what happens. I don't know. Maybe maybe I I might be going to the game on Sunday. So oh my god, I'm out. It was reported at like. 11.30 11.30 p.m. on Saturday that Swift wasn't playing. And I was just heartbroken because everything you read, including your coach at the podium, said, yeah, he's it's looking good for Swift. Eh, that ain't going to happen. Thanks, Dan. But You're the man. Let's hope he's coming back. I still love Dan. But, oh, we're, we're so gonna do some, I. We got some time to talk about all this, so we don't have to do it now. But yeah. Dolphins? Dolphins? Fins? Dolphins. Dolphins, Dolphins, Dolphins. The four and three Dolphins come to Detroit on Sunday. 
One o'clock kick. The line right now, uh, the Dolphins are a three and a half point favorite. The over under is at 51 and a half. Um, big game for the Lions, man, for me. Uh, if they lose this one, I, I mean, I think you're going to hear boos, and I think it could get ugly if, they, if they're not in this game. Um, I, I do think that the Lions have the capability of beating this team. I think that, I mean, granted, the Dolphins have missed Tua for a couple of weeks, and I, I know he's back now, but they've come back down to earth a little bit. I just think there's too much speed. They're way too dynamic on offense for the Lions to handle. Um, I'm going to lay the number with the Dolphins. I'm going to take the Dolphins minus three and a half. I just, I just don't. And I hope I'm wrong. This is almost like me fading myself and going against myself emotionally because I, I would like to think the Lions show some life here back at home as a one and five team. I'm going to take the uh, Dolphins minus three and a half. I'm going to take the over 51 and a half. And just to just get back on track with the picks, I'm six and six. Collins and Trent are both seven and five. I think I took both last week with the line. Uh, nope, I, I had the under that I won. I had the Lions plus seven. Trent had the Lions and over maybe or Lions and under. Don't remember. I don't remember. Collins did have the Cowboys, so um, good for him. But my six and six ass will take the Dolphins and the over 51 and a half. I think the dam's got to break at some point. The Lions' last two games, they have scored six points. I think uh, this, this Dolphins' defense is nothing special. It's not bad. It's middle of the pack. So I think the Lions at home – for the first home game since that glorious Seattle Seahawks Geno Smith loss, I, I think I don't know if they're going to win. I would like to see a nice effort, and it really my pick. By the way, I, it sucks that we it sucks that DeAndre Swift is a ghost because he's that impactful on this team to where like if he's not playing, I'd probably pick the Dolphins. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this thinking that DeAndre Swift's gonna play. I'm gonna pick the Lions to cover, and I'll take the over. Because I think, like I said, the dam's got to break. They got to score some points at some point, man. They've looked horrendous, and and it sucks because I'm getting ready to 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 you know, be night Ben Johnson, and then we get two straight games of just terrible, not able to move the ball and turnovers. So yep. that's all I got. I got the Lions. I got the over. Collins, I got uh, the Dolphins in the over. I think this team is. I actually liked what I saw of the defense. I liked what I saw of the Hutch. Um... By the way, I hate the stat things. Can we just be objective? Hutch, I hate that Hutch went to Michigan because we can't be objective about it. Like, no one can either side of this whole thing. Like, he was great last week. I loved what I saw out of him. He actually, like, created habit. I think he looked more engaged. Um, But there's, like, a physicality part that I think he's, like, a year away from maybe. Because he needs to get a little bit bigger. And he, like, he can't play whole games, which – not must pl- not all pass rushers can. Like you watch Nick Boza, he's not like that. You know what I mean? So I he's got to do something with his conditioning and strength that I think I don't think we recognize. Maybe and I he was great last week. I hope the adjustment of him standing up is the way it goes for us the year. I just hate that I can't bitch about it. And now I got to be like, oh. It was, I and I get it too because I would probably do the same shit if he went to Michigan State, but I it just I don't know it sucks. Yeah. But um, you can't criticize him or else you're you're biased. Yeah. Yeah, or you're a loser. I'm like no, dude. I'm watching. He and like all the stats acting like he's been the most productive. Like no, he hasn't. I'm sorry. All these other guys are better than him right now. I'm sorry. I test. Um, whatever. Um, he was good last week. Hope he's good this week. But I don't know. I think the Dolphins are due for. 
this is a game the Dolphins kind of like, if you're a mid-tier bad team, this will be a close game. I think both teams store a bunch of points. Dolphins pull away in the fourth. All right, let's go to the mortal locks. Uh, Trent, you are three and five. I am two and six. I've just been, you can't get any worse. And Collins, seven and one, back on track last week. I want to say Collins had Wisconsin minus one and a half, right? Minus easy. Two and a half. They killed Purdue. Easy, easy win. I had the Packers minus five and a half. They lost outright. Uh, and Trent, what did you have? I had you the won. Jets. I had the Jets. That's where you got the leg up. You had the Jets. I believe it or not, this is how big of a fucking mush I am. I had the Jets bet after we did the podcast, and then I was looking into it, and I'm like, you know what? The line makes no sense. They should be favored. I got to take the Broncos here. They played the Broncos, right? Correct. And then you come to find out that Russ didn't play, so I cashed out of the bet. Cashed out. Next day, you find out Russ isn't playing. I mushed the shit out of myself. Nonetheless, mortal locks. Um, I'm still looking for one. Collins, do you want to start? Um, I'm gonna go California plus 17 and a half, and it's number eight Oregon Ducks, 330 kick. Um, Oregon Bonets probably played the best game Oregon's played in a really long time. They looked awesome against UCLA last week. There's been like a Bonets Heisman thing going on. He looked awesome last week. That offense was unstoppable reading all the press clippings, and this is the week it all kind of doesn't crash down where they sleepwalk for the first half and it's tighter than you expect. I, I just, 17 and a half, I think, is a weird number. I feel like Bert, playing at Berkeley is a really weird spot in the Pac-12. Justin Wilcott's Oregon alum. I feel like they always play Oregon tough with him. I like Cal to cover 17 and a half. All right, that's a sharp pick. I like it. Picasso, um, Trent, do you have one while I'm still scouring the internet I, for these lines? Yes, I do. I do the NFL thing every week. I'm not a college guy like you guys are. I'm not a guru. I will say this. Strange week in the NFL. I think there's only one game that is a, a matchup between two teams above 500, and it is Giant Seahawks. So if you had that on your bingo card, congratulations. I'm not picking that game, though. I'm picking Thursday Night Football. The Ravens are plus one against Tom Brady's Buccaneers, who suck. I do not understand <laughs> this line one bit. I know the Ravens have a, have a tendency to get up big and blow games late. They also have Lamar Jackson. Is I, I understand it's in Tampa. I don't care. I, I got Mike Evans dropping touchdown passes. I got you know Tom Brady screaming at his old lineman. I got Tom Brady in divorce court. I, I, give me give me Baltimore. I mean I like money line. It's a pick them anyways. It's plus one. Baltimore Ravens defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's night football. But by the way, Thursday night football has been terrible. I don't know. Oh, it's all it's all bad. That's not news to anyone, but it's I think it's gone down in ratings like every single week, with the exceptional one. So I don't know. This might get it back Maybe on. Maybe put it on national television, idiots. Yeah, that's the other thing. Well, you should talk to my dad. My dad has, my dad has been so hot headed about the prime thing. It's hilarious. Well, it's the whole idea of watching sports is you're able to move from channel to channel, and. Kind of mix up both games. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah, trying you, to be you got, you're not You're not Xing out of the apps and like doing all this crap. Like it's a fucking hassle. It is. Agreed. All right. My my mortal lock, I, I was going to take NC State minus 13 and a half. I didn't realize that Leary's out for the entire season. So I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I don't see anything that I like. You know what? I'll do this. Take Michigan State. Mm. To cover. I thought about it, by the way, guys. I and then 23 is too much in that game. And then 17 is probably the right number for that game. 
If it was at home, I would definitely, definitely hammer. 20. Oh God! You know what? I've been so bad on mortal locks as it is, and it, it, the, the the word mortal means nothing anymore in, to to me when this comes to my gambling. So here's the mortal lock: the Michigan State Spartans to cover twenty three points in Ann Arbor against the Wolverines. There's your mortal lock. Now, if you want my actual mortal lock, seven. See you on the road at West Virginia minus seven and a half, but what? I think they're actually that they might count. lose what that is game. Your actual mortal lock. So Michigan State's not your mortal lock. Um, what do you think, Collins? Do you, do I take a decision? It's your mortal lock. What do you feel? This better is your. De- this is like when you went to college. It's your decision, Ryan. Oh my god! But I'm gonna mush state. They might lose by fifty <laughs> if I bet them like this. Then don't so. take them. Don't bet them. Staying off that game, TCU minus seven and a half at West Virginia. They could lose the game outright. But uh, take a minus seven and a half. Mountaineers. Thank you very much. TCU, I'm going to lock that in now. Okay. Anything else we have to cover, gents, before I head down to LCA for the thousandth time this week? Can you bring the Pistons a little luck, please? I'm wearing – I got my Detroit versus everybody shirt on. I'm going to bring some juice. Can't wait to see my boys. All right. That's it for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Hey, guys, join the conversation on Twitter, will you? At Motown underscore Rundown. You can submit your questions, comments, concerns. We can chat it up a little bit. You might have your tweets featured on the podcast. We're also on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Uh, Do not miss a single episode of the show. We are exclusively on Spotify for the time being. New episodes every single week. Uh, Give us a follow. Rate us five stars. If you don't think we're a five-star podcast, just keep your opinion to yourself. Move on. Tell a friend. Whatever. Uh, That's all. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.